He's as gay as the day is long. Yet another cavalcade of glorious LGBT podcasters. So, in no particular order, in the well, actually, in the particular order of on my Skype screen, in the top left corner, weighing in at 115 pounds, would you please welcome from the Sater Spear world of podcasting, Sater69? Oh my god, I'm 115 pounds. I fucking love you. <laughs> I think he's talking about the impaler. <laughs> yeah, that's about right, actually. <laughs> Hi there, everyone. And in the in the top right corner, weighed in at 105 pounds, it's Country Boy West from the Country Boy podcast. That sounds great, too. Even though I am lifting weights and I'm getting bigger. Hi. <laughs> notice, notice I'm still the fat one. <laughs> in the bottom left-hand corner, formerly from Adam and Maddie, and now also starting up with dubious intent with Daniel Brewer, weighing just a single 50 pounds, would you please welcome Adam? Wow. I don't <laughs> – I wish I no. I don't even think I wish I weighed fifty pounds. It's but just a joke. It's just a running yeah, name. It's yeah, yeah. I, w- I think it. well, I'd be really skinny. I'd look sick. But At fifty pounds, you've got the toddlers and tiaras podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> And weighing in at negative 50 pounds because he doesn't exist in this reality because New Zealand is not really real. <laughs> Please welcome from down under, Arthur from the Emirates podcast. G'day. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm ben, fat. Fabulous. Great. <laughs> I heard Bev. <laughs> Everybody speak at once. <laughs> once. One, two, three, go. Okay, Fabulous. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's jump into the gay news because we had some of a slow week, but I think we have one thing that we didn't get to last week that we can sort of take up some time with, and that is Michelle Bachman's husband. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so here's my questions that I pose to you, gentlemen. Oh, God. One, do we should we even acknowledge him and make fun of him? And two... Do we think he's actually gay? I open the floor to you. He's as gay as the day is long. <laughs> you think? Oh, yes. Well, he may be homosexual, but that doesn't make him gay. Well, define mm. that, Arthur. Well, a gay person is a person who embraces who they are and the, the larger community, at least to some extent. A homosexual is just somebody who has sex with the same gender or uh. wants to. Which is probably Very more the, well the point with him. Well, wouldn't homosexuality be defined by the mental thought, though? Attraction? Not necessarily. It could be. Is it? it but, this is something that dates, be, dates back to God knows my college days of trying to argue with people. Is it the action or is it the attraction? Well, it's both. Because you wouldn't be having the action without the attraction. True. My God, this is like a Lady Gaga song being written. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can't really get I'm on the edge of glory. Get into that, um, you know, choice thing, though, if you go if you go down that branch, like saying that you have to act on it to be called, you know, one thing or the other, you know, almost, you know, buys into that straight mentality or at least the conservative straight that, you know, you're choosing to go out and, and do whatever it is that you're doing. And that's what makes you gay. Like if you choose not to then you're not. So you're almost going down that road if you say it depends on whether you act on it or not. I don't know. No, I don't think acting on the attraction makes somebody gay. What I, what I was talking about is is when you go out there and you you worry about gay issues, you maybe go to gay pride, go to gay bars, whatever it might be, those sorts of things are the, are what differentiates a gay person and with a gay identity from somebody who just has sex with their own gender or wants to, whether they do or not. So you're kind of out and proud, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what about individuals who are having feelings for the same gender but never act upon it? It would depend on where their head is at. If if they have those attractions to the same gender and don't act upon it and actively try to get homosexuals like this uh, Bachman fellow it does, then... Um, that is not a gay person. But if they are attracted to the same gender, don't act on it, and they don't mind that there are people who are out there openly gay and carrying on, well, then that's a different story. There you're starting to get into intent. What if they're closeted and they have the feelings, but they, they are married and with, to a female gender and they don't want to do anything? Well, gay is an identity. It's not, it's not a condition or whatever. As opposed to homosexuality, right. which is what we're born as. Right, but I'm just trying to separate what defines the act and what defines the actual thought process. Because I'm sure there's some people who have the feelings, but they never act upon them, and yet they're still would they would would you still consider them gay? Well, turn it around. What about a gay person who has had you know a person who lives an openly gay life with maybe with a male partner, a same sex partner, what have you, and they have had opposite sex. Uh, attractions. Does that Scandalous. make them heterosexual? Does that make them heterosexual? No. Yeah, I would argue it doesn't. Well, I had a friend once who it said makes me bi. there was no real, you know, gay or straight. There was just like a, a a line, and and everybody fell, you know, somewhere in between. That you know, it was all kind of gray. So you just kind of had a a number on the scale, so to speak. And that was that was her thought on the whole thing. But I think if you. Uh, if you're one of those that, you know, has the feelings, but you don't act on them, you're just missing out personally. <laughs> well, see, we, we, also, we also still have those guys out there that think that they're not gay if they don't bottom. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point, too. All right. Well, I guess it's a, it's a very vague term. It's still at this stage of the game. Yes, I was no. going to say I'm totally not political at all, so I know nothing about Michelle Bachman's husband. Although oh. I, I do know, I do know who she is. Isn't she like in the tea bag party or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the tea party to be to be correct. They hate being called the tea baggers, but then again, I don't give them as Arthur does. We shouldn't give them any credit and call them what because they don't call things for us correctly either. Um, like they call it fake marriage and stuff like that, but Co- counterfeit yeah. marriage is their is their current favorite term. Yes, counterfeit marriage. So, so I, I've started calling them counterfeit Christians. There you go. There you go. But um, but no, they um, her husband supposedly is uh, works in anti-gay conversion clinic, and as Sater says, he appears to be as gay as the day is long, but. Um, 
and well, we'll get to a, a little funny video later in the uh, in the show that might explain everything. But uh, basically, you know, the whole uproar is like, how can he be an anti-gay when he dances better than most straight men do? So, <laughs> well, and then there's a whole deal of what his business is, which we can or cannot get it get into with his anti-gay conversion therapy to make money. He gets government I kickbacks. That, I believe that anybody who is into into anti-gay conversion therapy is a homo. Yeah, exactly. Or, There's no like other reason to do it. Them Republicans. <laughs> a therapist one time who uh, told me because at that time I was going through the whole guilt phase, and the therapist told me actually if I would um, masturbate while looking at um, straight pornography that maybe that would help out, and I only went to him that once. Oh, really? <laughs> There's a lot of big dicks in straight porn, I'll tell you. Well, I, I think he meant looking at the women, maybe. I don't know. I, 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 oh, I don't oh, so you were doing it wrong, in other words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't go to that therapist anymore, obviously. No, I, I went to that one appointment, and that was that was the only time I ever went. Oh. Well, that's why you need to go to accredited uh, gay therapist. Well, at the time, I was looking for, you know, how can I not be gay so I, you know, wouldn't necessarily go to a gay therapist. But I'm over uh, that now. That was like 10, 12 years ago. This, that was like eight when I was 18 or 19. So, Oh, my God. You're so young. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, let's, let's not go there. <laughs> I'm not young. I'm 32. I'll be 33 in a month. So and gay, yeah, look, that's dead. Good, Wes. Looking, looking at his pictures on uh, Google now, uh, I had a friend that looked almost identical to him, and he loved it when people grabbed his ears and, you know, used them as handlebars. He looks like he, could, <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks like he could enjoy that. I am not. What kind of pictures you find of me on Google? I hope <laughs> my parents Google my name and like my ass shows up. I oh, oh really? Oh, I think he's I talking about Bachman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're talking about. Sorry. Oh, he's, you're talking. But many about... of us have seen those pictures. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> never mind. Never mind. All right. Move, moving on to our first story. Uh, Arthur, would you be so kind of start us off, sir? Which one are we doing? The Obama administration asks. Oh, that one. Yes, please. Hang on, I've got to um, call it up. Um. This. This is as reported in Pink News, but I think it was actually an AP story originally. Um, the Obama administration has asked an appeals court to reconsider a verdict ruling that the ban on openly gay troops should end immediately. Last week, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ordered the Pentagon to cease enforcing the ban. The law is to be fully repealed at some point this year, but the Obama administration says the ban should not be lifted until the long repeal process has run its course. The court ruling said that the U.S. government and Congress concluded that the ban was unconstitutional. It cannot be enforced. That didn't sound right. So, anyway. Yeah, so where where are we? I've heard three different stories this week for the Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Is it is it fully repealed? Are we at the finish line? I mean, where are we in this process? The It is fully repealed, but the final aspect is that the commanders of the military and the Secretary of Defense have to certify that they are ready to proceed with the repeal, and then that's the end of it. Because God that, forbid we can't just let the homos into the military. <laughs> no, well, that was that was part of the uh, deal for getting conservative support, conservative Democratic support in particular in Congress, so was to say we'll let the military decide. So the paperwork's up, holding this thing up, basically. Well, essentially it's what it boils down to, but the military is ready. 
And apparently they're going to be certifying it either at the end of this month or in early August. So we're not talking about months delay. We're talking about maybe three or four weeks. Okay. So we're almost there. We just got to get the paperwork finished. Yeah. And I, I know that a lot of my fellow liberals are going to be all over the Obama administration saying, see, 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 see what they did? But first of all, they need to get a chill pill. But also <laughs> the, the the fact of the matter is that this was all part of the process. It was planned all along to have an orderly transition to enacting don't, act, don't ask, don't, or I should say fully repealing don't ask, don't tell. So this is nothing new. There's nothing unexpected in all of this. It doesn't mean that the administration is going back on its word or anything. They're just letting the process um, complete its its course, I guess you could say. And the judge didn't know the judges didn't know that at the time that they issued their initial re- ruling. They didn't know how close the end really was, and that's why they went along with a temporary stay. That that's all there is to it, really. It's just to allow the, the existing process to complete its. Um, so if someone so, so if someone's in the military now, can they be out at like today at seven thirty p.m.? Well, service members' defense fund says no. They say um, remain closeted, but the ruling forbids the Pentagon from discharging anybody. So how this is exactly um, staying their ruling is beyond me. Mm. I guess basically because it remains on the books and technically it's the, it's the policy, but the Pentagon is forbidden from pursuing or removing service members during this uh, interim period. So technically way, speaking— since they, started, since they started it, nobody has been discharged. No, one one person was. Oh, one person was. I didn't hear about yeah. that. Yeah, and I don't know the details. So I mean, it, it could have been, it could have been under "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," but there could have been extenuating circumstances that we don't know about. And I don't think we should probably. I don't think we should focus too much on that one case without knowing the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's too easy to, um, you know, read into it. I guess. But there, there was a related thing that was in the news today, which isn't in your show notes, but it is related. The military, the the, the Pentagon is saying that once. Don't Ask, Don't Tell is certified as repealed, that they will not be extending any partner benefits to married service members, um, like housing benefits, for instance, because they can't, under because of the Defense of Marriage Act, they can't mm. extend any spousal recognition to a legally married same-sex couple. So, so this no, isn't the end of it. Oh, so in other words, they basically, well, well, it's the beginning of uh, at least getting somewhere, I would, I would imagine. Although, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually extend benefits to street part to street people. Oh, of course, yeah, they always have. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. So they get. Oh, that's right, because people get to live on the base with their with their families, right? Yep. Or off base, um, the, they'll often get um, what do you call it, housing assistance or whatever. Yeah. The military pays really low. Yeah. See, and that's and that's another thing. That's another point of you know why people should be allowed to get married. Because people just ask, well, why don't you get civil unions? And I don't think that's granted even under civil unions. So, all right. Anyhow, any, any other thoughts on this one, guys? I'll just be glad when it's all gone. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next story. Uh, who wants to read Massachusetts? Who's closest to Massachusetts? <laughs> who Who laughed? I laugh because I'm the farthest. Well, no, maybe the second farthest away. Well, you get to read it then, Mister. Oh no, no, I'm not. I am totally not ready. Massachusetts town to pay married gay employees to offset tax. See, I'm not ready at all. 
Marriage Gay City employees of Cambridge, Massachusetts, will become the first in the nation to be paid a small stipend to cover a federal tax that their heterosexual colleagues don't have to pay. Like many people, these 22 school and city workers chose to chose to put their spouses on their employer-provided health insurance. Because they're in a homosexual relationship, the value of that health coverage is considered taxable income by the federal government. But starting this month, Cambridge will become what is to believe the first municipality in the country to pay its public employees a stipend in an attempt to defray the cost of the federal tax on health benefits for their same-sex spouses. I think that's really I think it's a great idea. Is Massachusetts like the first state to do everything? <laughs> well, all the important gays must live too. there. Yeah. Don't they have like – it's like a different – like the, the way they do your driver's license is different. It's like like the, like the one that starts everything always starts in Massachusetts. Am I wrong? Some things do. I've I've never lived that far in that direction, so I wouldn't know. I was going to say though – um, I'm, I work for, I worked for a company that, that gave, um, benefits and I, you know, although they had different, they had offices in different States. So it seemed like in the state, like in California, where it was kind of required for them to, I, I don't know if it was required for the benefits thing, but like the whole, uh, discrimination policy and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, getting better and better among certain corporations, but not so much with the government. I mean, a lot slower with the government. A lot of companies want to look better, basically. So, you know, they want to be on the list that says, you know, oh, we're providing benefits and we're doing all this for for homosexuals or for gay, you know, gay employees. But the government is taking a lot longer to sort of to move into that. Of course, you know, on the corporation's part, it's mainly just for, you know, PR, but. Right. Well, not entirely because sometimes it helps them attract and hold good employees. And they they see it as a sort of a cost of doing business that if they provide a good, healthy environment for their workers, then encourages their workers to stay and stay with the company and even move from state to state potentially. Mm -hmm. That's good for their, their bottom line rather than having to constantly refill and retrain for the same position because um, they don't offer benefits at some other company that their competitors do. So once once a Fortune 500 company in one industry starts offering good benefits, the others will event, eventually follow suit because they can't risk losing out on these good employees to their competitors. But, you know, speaking of the corporations, I'm sure that there was some big company that did the, the exact same thing for their employees. I can't remember who it was, but... I remember reading about it somewhere on the internet. Yeah, I saw it too. Somebody was giving them back pay. Yeah. Wasn't it? I want to say it was an insurance company. Was it Progressive? I, I can't remember. I can't I remember, remember seeing it, it too, but I don't, I don't remember. I think it was, it was Progressive. I could be wrong. There was a question about that on Crank today. <laughs> hmm. Go Crank. Yeah. You guys still but, playing that game? Always. Well, most days. Uh, I, and I, I even sometimes beat Seder. Sometimes you do. Today, everyone beat me. That's that's Q R A N K in the iTunes Store for those of you who. We're on Facebook. Those of you oh, who are still on Facebook, Facebook now. It's been on Facebook for a long time. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. On to the next story. Who wants bum, to read? Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Adam, it's your turn. 
Okay, wait. Is this the Australian one? That's correct, sir. Okay. Doing this one. <laughs> we'll see. Australian MP challenges. No, over- no, no. You have to do it in an Australian accent. No. Oh. Rubbish. <laughs> I won't even attempt. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. I could say good day, but and that's probably even sucks. But anyway, Australian MP challenges overseas gay marriage ban. Um, a, a South Australian gay MP says he will challenge the country's ban on gay marriages abroad. Upper House MP Ian Hunter and his partner of 22 years, artist Lee Simmons, intend to tie the knot in New York following the state's legislation of gay marriage. However, the federal government is refusing to issue gay couples with certificates of non-impediment to (laughs) marriage, which show they are not already married. Mr. Hunter told AAP, I don't want to wait till I'm 75 to get married. It has no legislative weight, so I can't see for the life of me how making those instruments available will cause any blowback. Yada, yada, yada. Um. Do I need to read all these quotes? The leading Australian Labour Party is to discuss the issue of gay marriage at its conference in December. However, Prime Minister Julia Gillard told Sky News last week that she may not respect any motion in favor of equal marriage. Mr. Grimwich, or Green, however you say that, said, frankly, the 13 million Australians who support marriage equality are getting sick and tired of Mrs. Gillard telling us that her antiquated personal views on the issue carry more weight than ours. Ms. Gillard. She's unmarried. Oh, Ms. Sorry. Lesbian. (laughs) Well. Is it like, you know, some really fancy pronounced name or like just Gillard? She's um, actually English originally. Uh, Gillard. Uh, I don't know if she's from England or Wales. I can't remember now. Wales, I think. And she's she's an MP and... No, she's Prime Minister of Australia. Oh, really? Don't you have to be born mm. there? No. Oh, interesting. I don't think you have. I don't think. I don't think you have to do in any Commonwealth country. I. I well, at least not the big. The big ones: Canada, Australia, um, New Zealand. Gotcha. I don't know about the others. So, what do we? What do we think about this? Just another uh, political people being douchebags. Kinda. Or. <laughs> Any, I don't know. Any, any thoughts on this? I mean, other I want to hear. I want to hear what Arthur has to say about this. Being the closest. Yeah, I mean, the Arthur, you should be the expert yeah. on this. I, I have been following this. Um, this this guy is an MP in the state of South Australia. It's important to note, note not a federal MP. And so, what he's talking about is just his rights as an Australian citizen. And theoretically, if he was able to be successful in some way, it could affect all Australians. But it's not like he has the power to do anything about it legislatively. Because he's just in one state. And under John Howard, um, who was the douchebag who used to be prime minister um, during the Bush-Cheney years, he, had, he declared that marriage was a federal issue in Australia, even though it never had been before. So that's sort of the backstory to this. Now, Julia Gillard is a really strange person. She's a Labour Party MP, which should mean she should be a centre-left politician, but she's really conservative on a heck of a lot of things. She's a disgrace to the Australian Labor Party, quite frankly. And this is one of the reasons why. (laughs) And I have my suspicions as to what is going on. She's an atheist. She is living in sin with a man. And they're not married. They never have been. And I suspect that she's trying to hide something. And I just don't know what. I don't know if she's secretly a lesbian. I don't know if it's that There is no logical reason for her to be so adamantly uh, anti-marriage equality as she is. 
the Australian Labour Party is overwhelmingly in support of marriage equality. The people who are overwhelmingly opposed to it would never vote for the Labour Party anyway. So there's no logical reason for her to be being so difficult about this. She's not a, a uh, she's atheist, so it's clearly not for religious reasons. Hmm. So I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why she is being so obstinate unless she's got something she's trying to hide. Mm. Yeah, because usually you would, it, at least over here in the states, it's always seems to be go back to religion as far as you know the sanctity yeah. of of marriage and you know that sort of thing. So, well, that's because that, there there is no logical reason to oppose marriage equality. The right. only reason to oppose it is religious, and that's illogical. Said it, said, could have said bear so, myself. Uh, how long do you think she's still going to be in office? Until the next election, which I think is in two years. Do you she think she stands a chance of being reelected? No, absolutely not. She will be rolled before that, I think. Her government and, is desperately unpopular. And I don't know about the polls for Australia are like they are here in America. How do Australians feel about marriage equality? Um, the, the last poll I saw, a clear majority was in favor of marriage equality. Not necessarily a huge majority, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like 50-odd, 50 56% or something like that. Is I can't Al- remember. Is Australia very similar to the U.S. except just down under? Well, funny you should say that. There's an old <laughs> joke about about Australia and it, it goes some, in, in New Zealand. It goes something like this, that if it was proposed to make New Zealand the 51st state, New Zealanders would laugh and, and just be in hysterics over the suggestion. But if they suggested that Australia become the 51st state, they'd think about it very seriously. Because the joke is that <laughs> Australians are American wannabes. They adopt a lot of the attitudes that uh, you find in the U.S. There's a lot of the same racism and sexism and classism, a lot of the same religious fundamentalism that you see in America. In fact, some of the best-known fundamentalists in America have ties to Australia's, like um, uh, Hillsong, Hillsong Church, for instance, which is probably the best-known Assembly of God thing in Australia. They're known throughout the fundamentalist community in America because they put out all sorts of music and they pass a lot of laws. videos and things. They pass a lot of Sorry? laws that are similar to what we pass, don't we? Don't they? Uh, well, not necessarily because it's a, a parliamentary democracy, monarchy, and so things are Weren't, weren't are, they involved are in the, um, the um, what, what did Bush call it? The uh, Coalition of the Kill- uh, Willing? Yeah, Killing. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's a Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> Yes, they were. They they went into Afghanistan, so did New Zealand, and they also went into Iraq, which um, New Zealand didn't do. All righty. Well, uh, let's keep our eye on this and see what happens. I have a feeling we'll we'll find out the true uh, the true behind the scenes story with this here shortly. Mm. So. Is it is it just me or on that story? It kept saying MP, and I mean, I know that PM would be like Prime Minister. What is the MP? Member of Parliament. Oh, okay. Because I Although know normally, he... Go ahead. I was just going to say, normally, uh, I think that they used to refer to their people as M, um, MS, MSP or something like that, Member of State Parliament. I can't remember okay. what it was. To differentiate. Is that anything like CBT? <laughs> What's CBT? No. I'm sorry, no, don't. It's naughty. <laughs> the main issue, though, that I see here is just the whole issue of, of, you know, whether Australia is going to allow gay marriage at all. Because, you know, when you break it down to, well, can we go get married somewhere else and then come back? 
Well, everybody, at least all the states in the U.S., if you go to another state and get married and your state does not, rec- does not recognize gay marriage, then they're not going to recognize you when you move back, at least exactly. in most cases. So it's not really a case of, oh, can I go get married in New York and, you know, come back to Australia and it be recognized. It's more of a case of, you know, when is this going to get changed just, you know, entirely. Because yeah, not- and th- th- there are implications to this, too. If an, if an Australian is living in the United States, an Australian citizen is a permanent resident, and they're a partner with an American citizen, we'll say, make it simpler, and they want to get married to get um, state benefits or maybe state tax issues or whatever it might be, the, they can't because the Australian government says they won't issue this um, CNI. And... As long as they won't do that, they're standing in the way of the couple living their lives in the U.S. It isn't even just about what happens in Australia. It's, it's also about what happens to expat Australians. So once again, it's the paperwork that people are using to uphold the process just to be dicks about the whole thing. Well, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Because there is no logical reason. All the CNI is supposed to say is that you're not married yeah. or, in, or in a civil union in the case of New Zealand. I mean, can you get um... – citizenship and things of that nature in new in the u.s if you for a gay marriage in new york i mean because i was under the impression that most of our states that allow gay marriage that did not translate over into the same rights as say a straight marriage where you automatically can apply for citizenship and that sort of thing i didn't think the immigration no it doesn't you're right it doesn't affect immigration at all okay Um, same-sex marriage is irrelevant and the, a, a foreign-born partner of an American citizen has to be able to become uh, a permanent resident or a citizen on their own merits, um, okay. whatever those might be. The marriage offers absolutely nothing to the same-sex couple. As a matter of fact, it can make it worse because if, they, if the binational couple gets married, the um, uh, Immigration Naturalization Service or whoever it is that that prosecutes these things, will look at that and say, aha, this foreign national intends on staying in America um, permanently, and that's not what their visa allows. We're going to move to deport them now. Although I that that has happened. If you want to go get married to a cute guy in England or at least London, then I think their immigration rights do carry over. So just... Not to the U.S., but to other countries it does. I mean, it does for New Zealand as well. If, If an American citizen comes here, and enters into a civil union or even just a de facto, which is an undocumented relationship, that is um, one of the grounds they will consider for permanent residence. But the U.S. US is way behind the times on all of that. What was that? Oh, one of my dogs probably got pissed off with the other one. Aw. Aw. It's a Jack Russell and a Black Lab, so I'm pretty sure that the uh, Jack Russell got pissy. Okay. Racist. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I think we beat that one to death. So, uh, hey, uh, real, real quick change of topic here. Um, who's single in the room here? Hello, I'm single. Okay. Sater's <laughs> uh, single. Adam, are you single? My name is Adam, and I am single. <laughs> and Wes, are you single? I have been partnered for 12 years. Oh, okay. Well, 12 congrats- years. Congratulations, and this joke won't apply to you. But, um <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, Adam and Sater, when you're going out and you're meeting with a little, are you are you guys being careful? Because a new drug resistant gonorrhea has been found, and scientists in Japan, Sater, that's your cue. Oh, to read? No, no, no. Scientists in Japan, that's your cue for racist. 
<laughs> have discovered a new strain of. I'm expect- sorry, I was, laces. I was. Yeah, thank you. I was expecting you to go or something. Scientists in Japan have discovered a new strain of gonorrhea that appears to be resistant to all antibiotics. This is both an alarming and predictable discovery. Lead researcher Magnus Unamo. Sounds like a transformer. <laughs> Professor of the Swedish Reference Laboratory <laughs> for Pathological Nysteria in Oriol, Sweden. Well, that doesn't make sense. Is it in Japan or Sweden? Said in a statement, since Autobot, Autobots, <laughs> since antibiotics became the standard treatment for gonorrhea in the 1940s, the bacterium has grown a remarkable capacity to develop resistance mechanisms to the drugs introduced to control it. Well, no, this is easy. I mean, just make sure you don't sleep with any Japanese guys. <laughs> wow. And I am very careful. That's why I only let guys blow me. <laughs> well, you can still get it that way, I think, right? You can, actually. You know, and I'm such a worrier, you know, now I'm going to have to add one more thing to my list of things. <laughs> I mean, every time I get a pimple somewhere, I'm like thinking, oh, my God, you know, I'm oh, dying of something. And now I'm I'm thinking. Adam, Adam, I was like that, too, in between the six-month checks and the Manhunt subscription. I did the most economical thing and settled down. <laughs> well, great. Thank now you. there's one more thing to add to my grinder profile. God damn it. <laughs> You know, for me, I mean, and actually I'm fairly conservative except for sexually. For me, settling down didn't do it anyway because I that did not mean monogamy necessarily. So, well, You know, I would always want to ask you about that. Just take a short tangent, but were you and um, Maddie in an open relationship? No. Well, it depends on what you want to call open. We played <laughs> – so some people might consider that to be open. Some people might consider it to be wrong. You brought but... the third person into the room on occasion. Yeah, right. Okay, that's okay. what that's what we did. So I would listen um, to the show and he would comment certain things, and I was like, wait, 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 I'm confused here. So yeah, we both have short attention spans when it comes to sex, and so we needed some, you know, we needed some, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I just some length. For your attention span. <laughs> well, we had well, he had length and everything else, but we yeah, we needed uh, you know variety. If you've got sexual short attention span. I'm going to rename the Impaler Ridlin. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Impaler exactly? Yeah, you better explain that to our new listeners. <laughs> the it's, Impaler it's... Is, is the nickname for my penis. Oh. They have it's, the, it's, it's the uh, Ridlin that will force you to take morphine later. But does it cure gonorrhea? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, be careful out there whether you play by yourself or play with the, your partner and bring somebody into the bedroom. Or if you're a cheating bastard. Either way, be careful. <laughs> Great. Now I'm going to start using Purell as lube. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my dick feel like it's on fire? <laughs> All right, on to the next story. That happens if you use shampoo for lube as well. Just, <laughs> just letting everyone know. Right. If you run out of just lube, just a little tidbit. Just a shampoo. little tidbit there for you users. You know, Martha Stewart moment here. Please do not run for the shampoo <laughs> if you run out of lube. <laughs> well, that that, oh, that that explains a lot about Martha Stewart. Anyhow. <laughs> All right, so Wes, I I. I can you do a Jersey accent? <laughs> no, I'm Perfect born and raised try. in the South. But that, that's, that's not New Jersey. That's Jersey as in England. 
Oh, that really? oh, <laughs> ah, well, thank you, Arthur. Never mind. <laughs> well, then you can read the story with a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Okay. Right. Next story. Or you could be sir. from South Jersey. Oh. <laughs> you mean there's more than one Jersey? Really? Jersey, Alabama. Really? There's a Jersey, Alabama? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, okay. All right. Anyhow, would you please read the next story, sir? Okay. Uh, Jersey allows religious civil partnerships. Uh, Jersey has passed a law to allow civil partnerships, including giving gay couples the right to tie the knot in church if they and religious organizations wish. As the island is a crown dependency, all government decisions must go through the formality of approval by the Privy Council. This may take around six months, but it is hoped that ceremonies can begin at the end of the year. An opt-in amendment to allow ceremonies in religious buildings was added earlier this month and was passed by 30 to 6 votes. However, the Church of England has said it will not allow civil partnerships in its buildings. Jersey's Deputy Chief Minister, Philip Ozof, uh, who is openly gay, (laughs) said the island's parliament has sent a strong message of Jersey being an open, accepting, and tolerant society. So, so my question is, with the church, is is it different in in the United Kingdom, England, one different? Places? Different in what way? Do they? Is it run by the state? Because isn't it based on what the churches think? Well, not exactly. Okay, so explain to me, Arthur. Well, the, the Britain has an established church, an official church, and the Queen is the head of the the church. Oh, okay. Ultimately. I see the Queen. But, but that doesn't mean that the church dictates to the state what happens. It just all that means because they have religious liberty in, in Britain as well. All that means is that the Archbishop of Canterbury, the 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 guy who looks anyway, the guy with the big fuzzy beard, <laughs> he um, he has decreed that there will be no civil partnerships performed in Anglican churches anywhere in the Anglican Communion. Actually, it's not. I don't think it's just England or Britain. Okay. So can so. Is that just for the England one? You could still get civil partnerships, or I thought you could get full fledged marriage in in the no, no civil partnerships are not marriage. They they say that they are the same in every detail, but they are not marriage. What else did John get? Civil partnership. Oh, he did. Yes, I thought okay. Well, I see. And he and he's, he says he doesn't want to be married. This story had, is a little bit confusing to me though because it's saying that they're they are allowing you to to have the marriage in a ch- or the partnership, the civil partnership in a church, but it's allowing churches to not allow that. So it doesn't seem like it's doing much because well, I mean, yeah, I was wondering about that too. Yeah. It's and still- the only thing I can think is that Jersey must, must have uh, originally the law must have not allowed them to be held in churches. That's the only thing I can think of. You know, we've been having problems figuring out these pink news stories. I have a feeling I may just drop them for my list of, blogger reads on my uh, RSS feeds. But by, by the way, I, I think Wes was just confused. There's a Jersey, Georgia, but <laughs> well, that's even closer to me now. <laughs> but I was going to say, I have, I have a similar opinion of Elton John, I guess, because I actually would not want to be married. Um, and I would not want to call it a marriage simply because to me, a marriage is is the religious, um, heterosexual sort of established um, institution, and I I do not want to 
aspire to something that was basically established by by them. I would rather have my own. You know, I want the same rights, but I don't want to. To me, it feels like I'm patterning my relationship after, you know, uh, straight Straight. relationships. The the only issue with that, and I I hear what you're saying, but I've been told time and time again is that the, the term marriage is used in all of our legal documentation and thus every trial, every case that has been based around marriage is going to have to get redone with the word civil union and it's just much easier to just go ahead and assign the term marriage to something that's not religious and based on um, you know the agreement uh, granted by the government and that's that's the key reason why uh, a lot of people argue that we should have marriage should be you can have your religious ceremony, but marriage should be defined as a agreement uh, governmentally. That's right. all it is. Marriage is always only a legal function right. that's well, administered by the state. But all the religious people try to spin it as something like you're trying to redefine religion, and well, it's well, of not course the they, case. of yeah. course they do. But yeah. I mean. Baptists uh, baptize their members one way. Lutherans do it another way. It's none of the state's business which one's right. Yeah, some people dunk the whole head and some people exactly. go swim it. And L- Lutherans, Lutherans baptize infants. Baptists never do. And Jewish people give the cut off the they don't, tip of the they, penis they and give them a blowjob. And I'm, don't say I'm that. Christian. Don't say that. <laughs> and I consider don't even bring Christian. up that topic. <laughs> and I go to a Baptist church currently, and I, I just want to request that they stop giving the invitation every service. <laughs> well, I have to – the only thing I have to say about that is I was brought up in a very Southern Baptist family. And, uh, you know, I've been through the whole uh, Baptist excommunication thing, and it's not pretty. Um, it's in anything that you – know, this may sound – really bad this may sound like i still have hold a grudge against them which i do and you know i'm one of those people that grudges last from whenever they start until i go into the ground and uh you know anything that the southern baptist people believe to be all holy and just and and perfect in their sight is just absolute crap to me um you know, um, they no Southern Baptist church that I've ever been in is accepting. Uh, they think that we are more, lower than just second-class citizens. Um, they will never come around to the point where um, I can walk into a church and actually feel like um, like a human being. Um, and saying that, um, you know, they will never see any kind of form of civil union marriage anything uh, for homosexuals to be right. So in any kind of argument, discussion, or whatever that comes up about homosexuals and what rights they should have, you never can bring Baptist into it because it's just never going to happen. They are that type of religious organization that is never going to change. Um, Others, you know, I feel totally comfortable walking into a Methodist church I feel totally comfortable going into any Episcopal church, um, which I guess is like the American form of the the Anglican church. Am I correct in saying that? Yep, yep. Yes, that's right. So, I feel like I need a script when I walk into one of those churches. Like, you know, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know, in, enter from stage left, you know, cross yourself five times, and then you do not pass go, you know, but— Right. Well, I've I've been to one, and the funny thing was, 
the time that I went, um, I went on Sunday morning, of course, and I sat down and with my friends and, you know, they do the processional into, uh, the sanctuary. And when I saw the two guys next to, what do they call their pastors? Uh, yeah. Priests uh, usually. Okay. So the two guys that were helping the priest, I saw them the day before at the pool party and like barely anything. So I felt, (laughs) I felt perfectly comfortable. And, you know, when I went up for communion, uh, the priest was a little stingy with the bread, but when the wine came around, it was just like, you know, <laughs> drown me with the wine. Why don't you? You drowned me the day before in beer. So, you know. well, it's, it's hard to be a Christian and, and be gay anyway, because I mean, I went to a, I went to a gay church in Dallas when I lived there and, and I just felt like it was basically an extension of the bar. So I stopped going there. I mean, <laughs> they would go up to communion with their new boy, their newest boyfriend or trick just to show them off to like the congregation. Cause they were all their friends, you know? So they're like, um, you know, I, oh, I want you to go up to communion with me because that was kind of the thing that they did to show they had a new boyfriend or something. And I just, like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know about a first date, you know, I'm sure they probably slept over the night before and then went to church with them. But I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to go to church because of, you know, because of my beliefs and, and, and that sort of thing that I'm doing. I don't want to go to church and, you know, there'd be a disco ball necessarily. And, you know, <laughs> above the altar, <laughs> but you know, and, and, and now the Holy Dad is some, will possess <laughs> and so you know and I go and I go now only I don't consider myself I'm not a Baptist and I don't believe the church is a Southern Baptist church but I just go there because they have a good orchestra and I, <laughs> you're going I for the it. acoustic quality well no 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 the show you go, tunes you go, are <laughs> wonderful <laughs> screw God's you message go. <laughs> I just go for the show tunes <laughs> no I play trumpet and so I play in the orchestra and um, so you know it's just one of those things i I would prefer to go to a church that would be more accepting, but I wanted to get back into playing, you know, into playing my trumpet in church. And my parents go there, and so I just and they had an opening. So. You know, that's the one thing I've always I always hated when we my you know at least my mom's church when I still went had a, you know a good pipe organ and at least sounded good. The uh, my dad's church always had this crappy guitar player, acoustic guitar, and it just very off, badly, bad singers that were always off key. It's like, man, I thought Catholics were supposed to be the ones who knew how to rock, and then it was the Lutherans that were the ones that actually were decent. So, <laughs> all right, I so hear more about Adam playing the trumpet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I well, you know, I could go there. Uh, hey, Wes, I want to check you. You have your show scheduled for now. Did you do? You, do you have to go, or can you stick with us? Uh... I probably should head on over and start that show up. <laughs> well, let me, why don't you give a quick plug to your show, and uh, and then you can then you may uh, exit gaily forward. Um, but uh, but go ahead, go ahead okay. and give a plug to your show. Okay, tell us a little um, bit about yourself as well, since you're new. <laughs> yeah. uh, the name of the show that I do is the Gay Life of a Country Boy. Um, it. It, I really wanted to start it up because, uh, especially in the Atlanta realm of things, um, people see us in the South, and uh, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, they're just another, you know, Southern place." And uh, you know, Atlanta is very Southern. Uh, we burnt down, of course, and came up out of the ashes. And uh, you know, there's just there's still a lot of city 
mindsets and a lot of people don't look at things like there could be gay people out in the country. So that's what I wanted to create the show about and show them that, yes, we are out here. We like to do a lot of country things and, you know, we don't spend our lives in bars and and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that can, you know, that can be found at uh, thegaycountryboy.com. And uh, the name of the show is The Gay Life of a Country Boy on iTunes. Now, do you have, I just a real quick question, do you have any land? I do not have any land, but as soon as my old man kicks the bucket, I will. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so some, some guys in Atlanta go to bars because I've been to some pretty, um, well, some pretty interesting bars in Atlanta. So. Like Swingin' Richards, The Eagle. Some, uh, some people frequent those, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. I live in Arkansas now. and um, Oh, really? Where at? Um, I live in uh, about – it's a town called Rogers. It's about uh, 30 minutes north of Fayetteville. I'm all the way in the top west corner, northwest corner. It's the only place in Arkansas I would live. I grew up in south Arkansas, and I would never move there again. But <laughs> right near the college, I'm very close to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a larger city. Um, not too, too far from Dallas if I wanted to go for a weekend or something like that. But Okay. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. Um, well, but well, my god, my not my godparents. My godparents are in uh, Texas, but uh, my great uncle lives in Little Rock, and uh, that's the Masonic side of my family. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know, I would I love that area out there. But I actually live twenty five to thirty miles north of the city of Atlanta. So I live on off of Interstate 85 on the way to South Carolina um, before the trees start back up. And, uh, you know, if you've ever, if you've heard anything about the battle between Georgia and Alabama and Florida over Lake Lanier uh, and the water rights, uh, I live maybe five minutes from Lake Lanier. See, Arthur, we need to get you guys to put a Pride 48 map of all of our shows on, on Google Maps. <laughs> Get Daniel working on that. Well, the, the, there are major revisions for the site that are in the works, actually. Oh. Hey, um, Wes, your live show, is that also called The Gay Life of a Country Boy? It is. It oh, is. And, and, uh, uh, and, and anybody can check that out at pride48.com, too, I'm sure. Yeah, it's about to be started in a couple of minutes. I'm fixing to start it. <laughs> Wes, thank you for joining us, sir. And you're always yes. welcome back, and uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon to transition stuff uh, when I, we actually get on Pride 48. So. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, y'all have a great night. Bye. Bye. Bye, sir. Too bad he's taken. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you see the photos? I haven't even seen what he looks like, but just based on oh, his. Oh, he's hot. Oh. Yeah. Here, we'll send you the link. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to start listening to that show. All right. Well, well why don't we uh, – we'll take a quick break here so we can watch this video, and that will give me a chance to pause this about uh, Second City takes on the Bachmans, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. See the results. It's crazy. We are people <laughs> who are obsessed with marriage. We're obsessed with marriage and gay things and protecting stuff, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes it's totally freaky. You know? So if you want someone who is focused. <laughs> like a laser. <laughs> a laser on marriage, insisting on it, and the value of sticking it out. Come hell or high water. Come hell or high water. Think of Michelle and Marcus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yay, marriage! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> marriage, everybody. Next up, foreign policy. Sweep the butt and kick. Turn ball change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's not okay. So that's that's basically what his what her husband is like. To the, with with a little more more extreme, but not too far off. So, so I'm surprised. Yeah, do you watch the Daily Show at all, Adam? No, I. You know what? I don't do nothing, anything political whatsoever at all. Mm-hmm. I'm technology like. You're on the detect. So, so I, you, I, you would listen to Leo Laporte over John Stewart. I listen to every show on Twit Network. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. So. All right, moving on. Oh, we're back. <laughs> moving on to Ohio, Ohio lesbian loses custody battle over ex-partner's daughter. Um, since I'm from Ohio, I guess I should read this. A lesbian in Ohio, U.S. has lost a custody battle over the biological daughter of her former partner. Michelle Hobbs and Kelly Mullen have lived together in Cincinnati and made the decision to become parents before Ms. Mullen gave birth to the child Lucy in 2005. The couple had taken out a second mortgage there to fund costly fertility treatment. Until the couple split, Ms. Hobbs shared parental duties and financial support. However, when the relationship broke down two years later, Ms. Mullen revoked Ms. Hobbs' rights as a co-parent. According to reports, she had referred to Ms. Hobbs as a co-parent in the documents, indicating that she wanted the other woman to have full parental rights over Lucy. Ms. Hobbs argued that these documents showed that the pair were in contractual agreement, but Ohio's Supreme Court heard that Ms. Mullen had repeatedly refused to state those wishes in a binding legal document. Upholding previous rulings, rulings made by lower courts, Supreme Court judges ruled 4-3 to three that Ms. Hobbs had no rights over their girls. Legal experts watching the case point to the need for legal protections for non-biological parents or guardians. Christopher Clark, a senior staff attorney at LGBT group Lambda Legal, said this decision is a tragedy for the child above all else. The court disregarded the overwhelming evidence that Ms. Mullen agreed to parent Lucy with Ms. Hobbs in every way. Regrettably, the decision serves a parent-child relationship, severs a parent-child relationship between Lucy and the person she knows to be her mother. He added, all Ohio families should be alarmed by this as a child with a non-biological parent could be taken away from her mom or dad in the event of separation. Uh, in other news, Anthony from This Week in Gay stated that Ohio is a fucked up state, mostly because <laughs> of our governor and all the other religious assholes who don't understand simple logic as dictated by facts <laughs> and statistical evidence. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't even buy another house with a partner um, at this point <laughs> because there are no protections at all, even when it comes to that. When you, quote, unquote, you know, divorce or break up with your partner, you know, you're just kind of two people owning a house. So I. Well, well beyond that, Maddie, it's just. Uh, I'm sorry. That's Maddie. God. Um, I'm looking at your picture here. Um, yeah, you got to change your icon in Skype, by the way. 
Yeah, I know. Um, beyond that, Adam, um, <laughs> the uh, you know the particular problem that just gets me so frustrated is that it's just simple simple logic. They had a contractual agreement, and the court should look at that agreement, see what the facts were, and just rule on the facts. But because once again, we probably have some dickhead religious judges that want to use God's law instead of man's law. They'll just make this their whole. They'll just ruin the whole life of this girl who you know deserves the opportunity to see her other mom. All right, I'm going to stop you for a second, and I'm going to take Joey's part as Elizabeth <laughs> Hasselbeck here. Wait, 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 wait! Devil Advocates Corner. <laughs> okay, so let's say that this was a straight couple. They weren't married, uh, and let's say that the guy was um, shooting blanks, and they uh, they got a turkey baster. Uh, <laughs> if they broke up, would the guy have any rights to the child? If, if they were married, he would. Let's, but let's not say they're married. Let's say they're living in sin. He should have the option, I believe. If he, if he contributed to some sort of welfare for the child, then he should have options to... But this. what do you think the courts would say? The courts would say that he doesn't have any legal right, but that's... In, in my opinion, uh, yeah, because that's the point that they were making in that article that that the the judge being saying that this other person had no legal rights whatsoever had implications for all couples in which one of the parents was non biological and they yeah. weren't married. Yeah. Well, had any sort of adoption taken place? Because I thought normally in those situations that the partner would they would file papers to actually have them adopt. I I, I don't think you could get gay adoption in Ohio. It's a single you could get single parent adoption, but I don't think they allow gay adoption here. Plus, I just don't understand those lesbians. <laughs> well, you know, it just once again, it just it 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 goes to point out that we as the gay community need to keep struggling to get. Logical, factual stuff that Gene Roddenberry would agree on, stuff on law books. So when we run into these issues with people who pull up – and that was, the, once again, the greatest thing about the, the New York thing is that the guy said, you know, even though I have religious convictions, legally and logically, I can't pass. I have to go with this because there's no reason why these people should be denied what I have. And that's – what do you say? We shall oh, okay. We shall. Well, I think that you know maybe they just got there was just some confusion because Miss Mullen thought in their in their contract that they had signed that Mrs. Hobbs got the U-Haul and she got the baby. <laughs> well, either but way, got the golf clubs. That's what I want to know. Oh, come now, yeah, now, now. Oh, jeez. Well, at least, at least they didn't listeners. bring up uh, softball equipment and rugby kit. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, if we have any lesbian listeners, we just lost them. So, <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're only discussing today, stereotypes. Today was female uh, soccer, like the big, huge thing. So, you know. Yeah, actually, my was my German, my German neighbors were watching that. That was interesting. So, um, Japan versus the uh, United States. Hey, by the way, does anybody know who won? Japan. Japan did the penalty shots. Ah. Uh, uh, well, I guess they deserve something after all the crap they went through this year. So, well, after all the gonorrhea, I mean, they were... <laughs> after the tsunami of gonorrhea, oh god, that's terrible. I think <laughs> we let them win, so they'll ease up on the debt we owe them. Well, there you go, there you go. There's a conspiracy theory for you. All right, moving on to the next story, and uh, let Sue uh, read this because he has to run. I do have to go soon here, but I'll read this story. Oh, and you left me with a 
this is so up with people and happy, happy. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go shoot myself after I read this article. <laughs> Seattle murder suspect, God told me to rape and murder those lesbians. Thank you very much. <laughs> a Seattle man on trial for the 2009 rape and fatal stabbing of a lesbian couple told the court that God had instructed him to commit the crime. I was there, and I was told by my God, <laughs> the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't know if he's Southern Baptist, but I'm making him Southern Baptist to attack <laughs> my enemies. And so I did. Isaiah Kaluba said under questioning by one of his lawyers. The trial started three weeks ago, but the testimony was first time jurors had seen Kalubu. Kalu, yeah, you got uh, Kalubu. I'm not going to give him any respect. Who was previously so disruptive in court that the judge barred him from attending. He watched the trial via closed circuit television and then sometimes watched the L word. <laughs> Indicating he wanted to exercise his constitutional right to testify in his own defense. Snip. Kalubu was accused of slipping in an open window of the couple's home in Seattle's South Park neighborhood and repeatedly raping and stabbing them during a two-hour attack. Uh, one woman, Teresa Butts, died naked and blood-soaked in the street in front of her home as neighbors tried her help. Her partner survived and told the jury that Kalubu was a man who did it. I actually remember when this happened because this involves a sister of um, Norman Leo Butts, who is in, who's on uh, Broadway actor. Oh, okay. And it was he was actually in previews for the new musical Catch Me If you Can, Catch Me If You Can. And he won a Tony for it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he had they had to hold the show for a week while he went because um, he was actually in Seattle. That's where the show was previewing, and this happened while he was there. Oh, jeez. But, but this whole thing, I don't care if God told you to. You're still a fucking wackaloon. <laughs> <laughs> My like, God tells me that I should repeatedly kick you in the nuts, but you don't see me doing that, do you? <laughs> On a side note, I think that was the liveliest read of a rape murder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the only way you can make it better was put some music to it. You know, I, I was thinking that too. He's like, he's Baby, actually making I'm a this entertaining. Comedy star. I'll do everything with panache. <laughs> And the labels for this article were mental illness, murder, Norbit butts, rape, religion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Seder, you, you went out with a bang, sir. So thank you very much. Why don't you plug your, show, you plug your show for us? Well, you can find me on the internet at the Seder Sphere website or at the Seder Sphere podcast, which you can find at www.satersphere.blogspot.com. Or on iTunes at The Seder Sphere. How do you spell Seder Sphere? S-A-T-Y-R-S-P-H-E-R-E. The Seder Sphere. <laughs> All right, sir. Thank you again for your participation. Thank you. It's wonderful being on another week. I'm so sorry I missed the last week, but I was seeing Tales of the City up in San Francisco. Hey, you're welcome whenever you can, sir. So I appreciate it. You all have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. So is it just like when I when I visit the show that people all the <laughs> like, flies? I, I don't understand. It's, it's now, yeah. By the way, I gotta go. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constantly rotating door, just like my ass. No, um, <laughs> uh, or what used to be, but uh, no, man. Uh, it's it, it, it's Adam. just dumb. Uh, no, I said man. Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, Adam. It's um. It's basically it's uh, just the. We started a little bit late, so that was my fault because we were watching Bill Maher downstairs. So, um, 
Anyhow, on to the next story. Updated, and this is what's going on with the California uh, educational bill. Uh, Arthur, which, oh God, um, I take that back. Let's just sum this up. <laughs> uh, it's another huge LGBT victory, almost finish line. Um, uh, Arthur, you probably know more about this than me. Where, where are we at in California with this bill? Well, it's actually fairly simple. The the bill, uh, what do they call it, SB um, 48, requires that uh, essentially the gay and lesbian people be included in the education curriculum just like anybody else. So they can't just gloss over it. And that has got the anti-gay industry into a frothing steam pit of anger. And to the extent that some of them are trying to launch a petition drive to put it on the ballot. Now, it, that seems to me to be rather unlikely to succeed because they need, what, 470,000 signatures or something like that to get it on the ballot. But the uh, what fascinates me about this whole story is the way that the anti-gay industry is framing it, particularly the, the religious ones. They call it the sexual indoctrination bill. <laughs> and they have great I, marketing, I have to, we have to admit. <laughs> they do. They're experts of propaganda. Um, yeah. I actually wrote a blog post about this. I haven't Put, put it up because I can't decide if I should. But I took a story from one of these uh, wingnut websites and I changed the words homosexual for Negro and pointed out how their rhetoric, if it was used about black people, would be completely, totally and absolutely unacceptable. And their their bigotry was would be plain to see. Yeah. But because they use the word homosexual and because they talk about God's law and all that sort of stuff, they can get away with saying what they say. And th- there, there's no rational reason for them to be taking the position that they're taking. They're, they're suggesting that the point of it is to um, normalize homosexuality and so that uh, gay people normal. are accepted. <laughs> well, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> it is normal. That's why it should be taught. <laughs> what they're doing is they're, they're playing on people's fears and they're also um, spreading lies and disinformation and misinformation and smears. Yep. To try to pr- promote the, promote their agenda, of course, the real mission is that they're trying to raise money out of it, because the more they can scare their people, the more money that they can make, so they can live their lavish lifestyles and their mansions and their private jets and whatever else they've got. So, I mean, we know what the real motivation is, but it just it astounds me that they're allowed to get away with it. So, did the, did the bill get signed? Yeah, yeah, it was signed into law. Okay, so it's in it's in law currently. Yep. Okay. Does is there an effect date or just it started already? I don't know when it's effective. Um, okay. Probably with the next school year, whenever that is, I oh, would yeah. guess. Well, yeah, the kids are out in school. Although, don't they have summer school in California? I, I would imagine. I mean, most states do. No, I, I mean know. in terms of uh, didn't California go to like an all-school year sort of type of thing? Oh, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Who, which one of our podcaster friends is in California? He just left. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. God Damn it, I, I lose again. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adam, any thoughts on this? Mm, no. This So this is the one – I'm just going to sound really stupid again. But this that, is the one fine. where they were um, – they're teaching LGBT, what, history yes. or something like that? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And actually, there was something that um, Joey was talking about last time in the last episode. Oh, he got and it was all... actually one of the yeah, – it was yeah. one of the things that made me <laughs> growl at the screen the most. <laughs> <laughs> No, because he he was saying some things that just I, I don't want to I don't want to say anything 
too too much when he's we not know here your to defend himself. We know where your heart is, so you can you can be. But one of the one of the things he was saying is he he was kind of dismissive of it, and he was talking about uh, teaching Walt Whitman, for instance, that there's nothing gay about his poetry, and that's absolute nonsense. <laughs> Walt Whitman was the gayest poet who's ever been, probably. We two boys together clinging, things like that. Well, I, w- and, I was just going to say, I wonder if they were going to, you know, actually just point out which of the British kings were gay or, you know, <laughs> the, well, could be you know, out people in uh, throughout history. But well, one of the things they're talking about is James Buchanan as being the first gay president because he was never married and um, he supposedly lived with another man and all these other things. Well, you know, I don't think it, it serves any any useful purpose to be saying that sort of thing unless there's some historic evidence to back it up. And the, I don't think there's necessarily enough convincing evidence at this stage. That doesn't mean there won't be. Do we have another, there's plenty of other out gay people you can teach about throughout history. <laughs> do we have another who's – the, who's the guy that barely said anything that was also supposed to be a gay president? He was well, – uh, the, the, somebody bet someone, one of their friends to walk up to him and say, uh, my friend said I, I – I, 50 bucks I could make you say more than three words and he just said you you lose I don't know that what was his name hold on let me go google presidents well, while you Google, um, this is not on the list, but I just want to tell anyone who cares that gay glee star Chris Coffer signed a book deal, a children's book deal so break oh, news <laughs> no, in, it was a link on the side of one of those <laughs> blog pages well, he's and, currently in production on a movie that he wrote too and, it's, and he stars in and the book's name is going to be called I Sing Much Better Than You. I, I don't watch Glee, but I just – I think he's cute. You, so. you know what? I keep, I keep trying to get um, – I, I, I keep – everybody talks about at work, which is – well, it's not really that strange. I'm in an office full of women. But um, supposedly I guess it's the best show since Sliced Bread. And I've, I've yet to uh, – I, I started watching – Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge, thank you. How'd you find He's that a, quicker than me? I googled U.S. president and you lose in quote marks. Yeah, well, there you go. So that's yeah, that was that was. I always thought that was the funniest story where he was supposed to be the president that was the most successful because he did nothing. <laughs> he just let the country run. So, um, well, he he was the president who coined the word uh, normalcy as well. Oh, really? Yeah. When the actual word is normality. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, supposedly, I, I think there was somebody told, and it could be wrong, but somebody told me that he was supposedly quite, he was single and I think it was supposed to be gay as well, so. They called him Silent Cal. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, um, so yeah, so watch Glee and uh, learn about your presidents, kids. Moving on to, um, oh, I think we already touched the uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, so uh, that story is done, and and we already touched about the hate group launches a petition to repeal the history bill. We touched on that. MTV airs uncritical ex-gay program. Adam, would you please read this, please? Sure. Um Let's see. Well, it's the MTV airs uncritical ex-gay program. It starts out with, um, I guess, a clip from maybe some dialogue. It says, Kevin, how is life treating you since filming ended? Life has been amazing. I'm starting a ministry program at my church to support those who have felt broken either sexually or in relationships. This program will deal mostly with those who have same-sex attraction, have been affected by molestation, have been affected by damaging relationships, or for those who have sexual addictions. Uh, Do you still find yourself being attracted to men? I see the attractiveness of men, yes, 
but I no longer lust after them. I just look at them as friends. Have you gone on any dates with women? Between work, school, and my ministry program, I have not had much time for dates, but I hope you soon. Um, I'm just waiting until I'm fully ready so I don't hurt myself or the girl. Um, So it says, unless I miss some disclaimer at the top of the show, last night's ex-gay episode of MTV's Real Life was completely uncritical of the abuses, torture, and brainwashing inherent in reparative therapy. Weigh in if you saw the show, please. I'm looking for anyway. Yeah, so from JoeMyGod.com. Uh, basically, I didn't even know Real World was still on. Well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it appears that I guess is this one of the guys who was on Real World and well, he, well it's, it's real life, and I think this is one of those. Oh, real life. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I, I think this is one of those shows that. Uh, well, let's see here. I'm checking on the MTV remote control block. I guess the uh, well, besides the typical question of like MTV never plays music anymore. Um, well, I, you know, I was thinking when I first saw this story, I was thinking an ex-gay program because MTV actually owns Logo, to the best of my knowledge. So, um, which is the Gay Network. Yeah, I have a feeling they might be doing the other. They might be doing their occasional. We have to do the Devil Advocates show just to get. Right. other people to watch us because mtv once again is all in it for the money that's pretty much all i mean that's pretty obvious and so if, if we can get you know anti-gay kids to watch as well you know and buy our products we'll do that as well so anyone want to counter me on that or no uh, that sounds good to me i mean i i guess I don't really like Logo all that much anyway, so but <laughs> I just knew that MTV – well, I mean, you know, I, I just – some of the – I'm sure it's great for some people, but they show a lot of um, independent film stuff that I'm just not – artsy kind of stuff that I'm not really into, but – Logo's good for RuPaul's Drag Race. That has got to be one of the best shows just simply for the cat fight. It, now, is that the one where, not to get off on a tangent, but is that the one where – I saw one on a date um, the other night – um, wh- and it was they took straight women, and or is that a different? That's RuPaul. You, I think you're thinking of. Okay, so that's a different. They, they're a- dressing up straight women to make them prettier. Yeah, yeah, that's RuPaul. You, that's her spinoff show, which sadly isn't quite as good as um as uh, the uh, the Drag Race. The Drag Race is a little bit more structured to it, I feel. But I'm not a big reality show person unless it's food-related. So, like, Food Network Star or uh, MasterChef or, you know, something like that. You know, Hell's Kitchen. Who was that last week that was telling me about their... I think it was Joey who was saying he was watching food or something. Somebody I was talking to recently was telling me about how great the uh, they were watching the... Uh, all the food networks. I'm, I can't watch those shows without getting hungry and then I get fat. <laughs> no, I like to cook. I've always been interested. Uh, yeah. I, I don't learn specific recipes from cooking shows, but I learn techniques and like what ingredients go together and stuff like that. So that when I get in the kitchen, you know, I know how to put things together. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're on to our last story here. And by the way, you can come cook for me anytime you want, Adam. Um, <laughs> Actually, I got I got Sean's a great cook. He does. Next a, time I'm in Ohio. <laughs> do you ever come up to yeah. Ohio? Um, not unless I'm forced. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, <laughs> I, I don't, don't blame I've, you. I've been to Ohio, I think, but I you think <laughs> I well you don't I have, know. <laughs> I had a friend in college who was from there, and it seems like 
we might have gone there at one point because she was visiting family or something. I, I don't remember. Uh, I think I've been there, but I mean, there's not much of a reason to go there. I mean, well, Columbus that you know of. Cool. The, there's now there's a water park, right? That's really famous. Well, or you got Cedar Point. You got the largest yeah, road yeah. coasters in the world. You got you got several. We got several. You got Kings Island. Um, you got the clubs I, clubsy in Columbus. So I mean, I'm not putting it down. I'm sure Ohio's great. I mean, it's just like. When you when you work and you only get a certain number of days off per year. Oh, I, I hear you, brother. I hear you. So like, okay, I've got to go do the family things, and then I've got to like take that one vacation that's like to somewhere vacationy. So you just don't necessarily think of Ohio as yeah, vacationy. You know, yeah. I, and, and I love how straight couples are like, oh yeah, we're gonna go on our, our vacation for you know two weeks and stuff. Like the, the two weeks. I barely have vacation time because I've been sick all this year for getting some flu from some kid, and I, I lost all my sick days because or my vacation days because I was sick. I'm like, when do people have time and the opportunity to do these two week vacations, let alone the money? I so would thinking. it would upset you to tell you that in New Zealand, by law, all employees get four weeks annual leave? Yes, it upsets yeah. me. <laughs> I went from having four weeks. Um, that I, I started with three weeks at my job in Dallas, and I had been there for seven years. So I had just bumped up to four weeks vacation. And um, my new job, um, they started me out at two weeks. Um, so I'm kind of feeling the, um, you know, kind of... I, I don't know. That's the one thing I complain about all the time. Yeah, I mean, and that's they, the thing. The, the, the United States does not have any required vacation policy or even holiday policy for any of the businesses. Every other country, they have mandatory holidays and mandatory vacation time. We don't have anything. So technically, if they wanted to, which I'm sure is coming, they, you, they could just take away holidays and you could be working on Christmas Day and everything. Well, I mean, well that's far- already legal most places. Well, yeah, it's legal, but they, they, they do it out of, you know, they still do the vacation or, you know, the holidays out of tradition. But I'm, I'm sure they're trying to find a way to get rid of it. I could have swore we had President's Day off at some point. I'm not sure if it was just school, but I could have swore it was for some businesses of, businesses as well. So well, I think as far as my company is concerned, you know, they would rather us live there. I think they'd probably bring in cots if we were so inclined to work that long. I. You know, they say oh. they have this whole work-life balance BS stuff, you know, or whatever. But, I mean, they they require a minimum of 45 hours a week for salaried employees. Um, so they require overtime, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was working – before I went to my current job, I was working one where we did the on-call bullshit where it was just like you're at the beckoning of, oh, a server had a blip. You have to go look at it at 3 a.m. in the morning. But – I, I digress. I could I could I could bitch about this for yeah. an hour. Sorry. Moving on to the last story, uh, Arthur. Would you summarize? Well, actually, I'm sorry. I can summarize it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I let you do the last story, and I maybe the gist of the gist of it is to speed it up a bit. Is that Catholic Charities, which is an official branch of the Roman Catholic Church, has hired a gay-owned lobbying firm to push for their program in what was the program in? Uh, I've forgotten now. Something to do with uh, social services. Um, Charity group paid the Catholic Charities USA paid the. Sh- oh, and it's anti-poverty initiative, yeah. whatever that means. And so that's that's the gist of the story. And naturally, there are certain segments of the population who are incensed by that because, and and some of it's legitimate because 
the uh, Catholic Charities um, shut down their their charity services in the District of, or threatened to sh- shut them down in the District of Columbia if DC legalized same-sex marriage. They got out of the adoption business in what was it Massachusetts or somewhere um, for the same reason. They're in the process of doing that in Illinois, although the, in Illinois the state's fighting back and they're saying, "Well, fine, we're just going to cancel all your contracts then." <laughs> and um, so First. that's that's going through the courts. But what bothers me about this story is the automatic knee-jerk assumption that the the gay lobbying firm shouldn't accept any money from Catholic charities because obviously if he refuses them, they won't go anywhere else, and that'll be the end of it. The, the Catholic Church is the excellent teacher on what to do in such a situation like this. They've always taken money from the mafia and from organized crime generally, always, and from the Nazis and anybody who would give them money because they have this... this um, I don't know if doctrine is quite the right word, but this attitude <laughs> that they can take money, un- dirty, unholy money, and turn it into holy money by using it for good works. Hmm. So th- this gay lobbying firm, first of all, because they've got this client, that means they're going to be in a better uh, place to be able to help gay groups. But they, we don't know what he's ultimately going to plan on doing with the money. He could donate it to the opposition for, for Catholic charities, for all we know. So my point is that just saying, no, we will not take Catholic Charities money isn't necessarily always the best choice, particularly when they'll just go to somebody else and spend the same amount of money. So you're saying that if a Catholic Charity comes to a gay lobby group that we should take the money and then turn it Not necessarily. I mean, what what I am saying is that it should be up to the gay-owned business to decide for themselves, and nobody should judge them for, for deciding to take the money. Gotcha. Particularly because this guy was his name is Sheridan. I don't know what his first name is. Uh, I could skim it, but I won't. Um, he um, has done advocacy for um, gay rights for a long time. I suspect, and this is me reading between the lines. I suspect that one of the things that they don't like about him, his name's Tom Sheridan. I just saw it, is that he uh, apparently is re- reasonably supportive of President Obama, which the left isn't. And I'm thinking that that is really what it is at the heart of a lot of the um, animosity that's being directed at him. This is this is my pet peeve right now, by the way. Well, I have a little bit of different spin on or my thoughts on that where I would see, you know, like a, a gay owned lobbyist firm taking money from a conservative, you know, from the Catholic Church or whatever is more of a win. I mean, the Catholic Church yeah. is OK with with paying them. I mean, why is that a bad thing? I mean, you know, I, I don't see it as bad. So, well, I, I guess the general assumption would be is if we, we take money for them, then we're succumbing to accepting them when they don't accept us. But I mean, that, that's nonsense. Other way that them actually seeking out a, a lobbyist that they may know is gay owned and have no problem with using that lobbyist. So it's almost could be looked at as the other way of them accepting us rather than you know it's, i mean not that they're not that they're accepting us obviously they don't but i mean maybe it's a step in the right direction you know they're okay with spending their money on a gay owned business you know i mean maybe that's just a step hey, in the right direction hey if uh, michael moore can write a check from the pedophiles for buchanan to pack buchanan and he actually cashes the check <laughs> it just goes to show that uh, money speaks volumes when it comes to uh you know, getting your goals accomplished. And you yeah, but, use... Oh, go ahead, Arthur. No, I was just going to say that taking money from Catholic charities doesn't mean that you will do whatever they say or that you will buy into their entire um, viewpoint and everything. All right. 
the Catholic Church certainly does that sometimes. In Chicago, there there is a hospital called Illinois Masonic. And um, the Catholic Church owned an adjacent property, which, which uh, held a, a parish called St. Sebastian's. It was a, a church and a school. And it uh, must have been in the mid to late 90s, the church caught fire and burned down. And the, they, the Archdiocese of Chicago decided it wasn't going to rebuild and it was going to relocate the school and all that sort of stuff. And so Illinois Masonic Hospital, which is a private hospital, uh, wanted to buy the property so they could expand their hospital. Catholic Church said, absolutely, as long as you end your abortion services at that hospital. <laughs> it, was, it was a caveat on the property sale. Illinois Masonic went along with that and ended abortion services. Now, that's an incident. In, it's a similar kind of situation because there the Catholic Church was opposing, imposing rather, its ideology on, on a private business. But the private business, in this case the hospital, could have said, well, forget, forget it. We're not going to buy your land then. You can do whatever you want with it. All right. But they didn't. They went along with it. Yeah. Now, there are no such restrictions as, that we're aware of anyway that have been placed on this Tom Sheridan or his firm. So your private businesses can pretty much do whatever they want. Well, yeah. 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 And I don't think they should be demonized for it just because they're taking money from a group that is not supportive of us generally. Because we don't know necessarily, like I said, what he's going to do with with his share of the, the profits from it. He may donate it to um, causes that, that uh, we would support. But even if he doesn't, that money isn't just going to go away. It's going to go to somebody else. It could go to a firm which engages in anti-gay advocacy all the time. And because they have this contract, they may be able then to go and do other anti-gay stuff. So by, by being ideologically pure, we could end up making things even worse. Well, I think, uh, well, I think too, I think um, at one point Moby said that somebody came to him and said, uh, we want to use your, your, one of your songs for our ads. And he was completely against like it was a car ad or something. And he said, well, then I could take this money that they're going to give me and donate it to like a, you know, a pro-environmental group or something like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's always, you know, there's always ways to get around things. It's, you know, if you know the, the backside of the story, but how often do we actually hear what's going on behind the, you know, in the back room? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got on the uh, the news front. So, uh, and I think we've already we've pretty much done the whole hour and a half here. So, I want to thank you guys once again. Uh, first off, I want to say uh, you can check out this week at gay at thisweekingay.com. And as always, uh, your donations are appreciated to help to our servers front server fund. Um, although I am a little bit pissed off because PayPal sent me something about I'm unable to get any don't uh, money out of uh, um, my PayPal account for 21 days. So if you're going to donate, uh, write me a check because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really happy with PayPal right now. Send cash in an envelope. Yeah, either either yeah. or. So and, and even under the me, park bench, third park bench from the left. <laughs> Stick it in my g-string. Oh wait, I don't have a g-string. <laughs> I first have to give me money to go buy a g-string. No, I have um, a thong you can borrow. I... Oh, I know. I probably wouldn't fit in it. You're you're. I, I, I've seen photos of you. Well, I don't know. What what's what's your waist size? Um, right now or in the pictures that you saw? Um, Just lie to me for comedic purposes. Uh, 30. Oh, yeah, I definitely would fit. <laughs> so, but uh, maybe someday. Um, I could wear I could wear around my leg. No, um, not that. I brought 50 pounds, so. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, if you guys uh, would be so kind to donate, 
uh, go, I would really appreciate it. And if not, then uh, just please spread the word about the show. We're on the um, on the Adam Curry's No Agenda stream now. So we're propagating the formula and hitting people in the mouth. So you can check that out at the noagendastreamshow.com. Or no, no, I'm sorry, noagendashowstream.com. There you go. And that being said, uh, as and by the way, uh, for those of you who have been wondering why my voice is so hoarse, uh, I was out partying with all my college buddies for the last two nights, and thus that's why I sound like a uh, an older version of Anthony with the Italian raspy <laughs> voice. Uh, that being said, I will give the uh, the uh, plugs for my various co-hosts here. We'll first start with uh, uh, Mr. Burns here who was nice enough to join us for his first show and will hopefully come back and uh, tell us about what's going on in your world, in the podcasting world. Well, since you called me Mr. Burns, I think it would be excellent to come back. But um, And no one probably got that. Excellent. <laughs> no, the Simpsons, I don't even excellent. watch. Excellent. But anyway, um, well, I didn't have a podcast. I was formerly of the Adam and Maddie show, but um, I am starting a new podcast um, or a reinvention of a podcast with Daniel Brewer, Dubious Intent Plus is what we're calling it, mainly because he's obsessed with Google Plus at the moment. <laughs> you think? It, yeah, we're going to call it uh, Dubious Intent 2, you know, uh, and his whole tagline was um, something about nothing. So we're calling it something else about nothing. But basically, um, I'm doing all the work and he's just being a co-host um, at this point and um, lending his pod his uh, vocal talents basically, but um, you can find me there. I'm also working on a video podcast that has no episodes at the moment, but you can keep a lookout for it. Um, it's called how to tech.tv. So it's how the number two tech.tv. It is a video podcast or will be, and um, hopefully we'll have tech type tutorials, but it will be short tips like around the five minute mark. I have found that editing video and actually coming up with scripts and things like that is not conducive to working a 45-hour um, <laughs> <laughs> But I am working on it. So um, right now the only thing on the site is just the show intro um, that I posted on YouTube. But I do have an episode in the can that I am finishing editing and hopefully getting that out. So Cool. Well, we look forward to seeing that, sir. On to uh, Arthur. Well, you can find all of my stuff at amerins.com, A-M-E-R-I-N-Z.com. And uh, I have a podcast of the same name, blog of the same name, and another podcast called Too Political, where uh, my oldest friend Jason and I sit around and talk about politics and news and stuff. And, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and, and your partner also does a part podcast, doesn't he? No, he does an internet radio yeah, that's um, right. station yeah, uh, called farpointradio.com. And he, uh, I do a show with him on that called The Third Colony every other Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time in the Americas. Uh, sorry, Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time in the Americas. It's Sunday afternoon here. I was going to say, and, like, it's Sunday here. Are you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, it's because I know Sunday here, I meant. Well, it's Sunday here, too. No, no, that's when we do our show. It's Monday here. It's, oh, uh, well, it's Monday there. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That damn international timeline <laughs> I know. screws everything up. All right, well, once again, guys, thank you so much for joining me, and hope to see you back next week, and we hope to see you back next week on This Week in Game.